I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This week on Feel Good Friday, we remember a past guest. COVID makes your sperm all weird. Throw ashes, not bras. Pests inside pests make you extra itchy. And some people are allergic to cum. Got it. Still got it. Nailed it. And we sit not yet. We won't all in our We Um, allergic to come. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, me personally. Yeah, no. you. <laughs> no, because I'd just be perpetually having a reaction. <laughs> I'd just well, be, it's, I'd I think be, it's different. I'd just it's, be always reacting. No, that's not what you're thinking. But we will get there. But before we do, I want to take a moment to... Um, um, that's because I drink. We'll get want, to it. You want, okay. All right. Let's wait. Uh, I want to take a moment to, uh, to um, give a shout out to a, uh, a past Sick Boy guest who recently just passed away. Um, you I'm may, literally learning this in the moment. Oh, you didn't see this. I okay. So I, I submitted this into uh, Slack the other day. Brian saw it. We were talking about it. Oh shit! I did Jerry, not see this. Uh, Jerry Martin from Vancouver. Oh no shit! Um, the man who uh, you might have seen was in the news uh, for being the first. Uh, the he opened the first store in Canada, openly selling um, tested heroin, cocaine, meth, and MDMA in um, Vancouver. That was like. Super recent. Yes. Uh, he got shut down quite quickly. We'll go through it. But uh, Jerry died um, uh, last week. Um, and he died of a fentanyl overdose. Oh. Um, so Jerry Martin uh, died in Vancouver last week, last Friday, a few days after he was hospitalized due to a suspected fentanyl overdose, according to his partner, Krista Thomas. He was 51 years old. This is all from Vice. Um, although Martin survived the overdose initially... He remained unresponsive in hospital and his family eventually decided to take him off life support. Um, he previously told Vice News that he had been addicted to cocaine and had been homeless for much of his youth, which we talked about that at length on our podcast episode with Jerry when we uh, met up with him in Vancouver a couple of years ago. Uh, quote, Jerry believed that people were self-medicating their trauma and so long as they were doing that, they needed a safe supply to do it, uh, Krista said. He's no more exempt than any other human being on this earth. He had his own trauma and unfortunately has he relapsed. She said it wasn't clear if he intended to use fentanyl or not, but he was not known as an opioid user. Um, In May, you might have heard, uh, Martin opened the drugs store, uh, the first brick and mortar shop in Canada and and in the U.S., um, uh, openly selling drugs that had been tested to ensure they did not contain any fentanyl. he was arrested within 24 hours of opening the store uh, in Vancouver's downtown east side, the epicenter of Canada's overdose crisis. 
Uh, I'm giving I am giving them addictive drugs, but I am giving them safer addictive drugs than you can get on the street where they might be laced with fentanyl or some other drug. Martin told Vice News during the opening. His whole thing was he just, you know, he, he was out there. He just wanted to save people's lives. He, you know, people are going to use. He knew people are going to use people in his community. And he was like, look, if 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 there's such a fucking problem here with the with fentanyl overdoses the least i can do is create a safe supply so that we don't have people dying left right and center who are looking to get their hands on these drugs i think the thing that sucks about the thing that sucks about uh, uh, about that not that sucks about it because but that jerry was doing with that store he was doing what we will inevitably do mm-hmm. as a like as a regular yeah. and i should say thing. he was he did he didn't open that store i i mean you know i don't think hit the ultimate goal in opening that store i don't think was to open it and expect to sell i think he was expecting right. yeah. to get arrested yeah i think he, he was making I think a he point. was he was he was making a point yeah. he was going come on you arrest me and then <laughs> let's look at how like fucking flawed and insane the system yeah. is because 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 that's where we're that's where we're gonna go. We're gonna go yeah. Yeah. at some point to a Hopefully. safe supply. Yeah. I think. I think that's where we're inevitably headed. For people uh, that that don't know, BC is in the midst of a three-year pilot project decriminalizing small amounts of drugs by, but selling said drugs is still illegal. So the province um, also has these safe si- safe supply projects where drug users are given pharmaceutical alternatives to street club drugs, including um, prescription heroin, but a lot of harm reduction activists um, and addictions experts have have said that these programs are are still not widely accessible, um, which is kind of where Jerry came in. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time of of Jerry's arrest, Vancouver police said that they supported harm reduction services, but quote drug trafficking will continue to be the subject of enforcement. And Jerry later told Vice News that his drugs and mobile shop had been seized, along with all of his testing equipment. Um, and he had struggled with f- funding and finding a space to open before eventually purchasing the mobile store. Um, police also banned him from returning to the downtown east side after that. Are you going to ban somebody from returning to the downtown east side? That's dude? a good question. That's like, a, That's, that is like, yeah. that is like the place where people go to not be found. Yeah. Like that's, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, like I, Regardless of what you think about what Jerry was doing, um, that guy, that guy saw the issues that many folks in North America are facing when it comes to drug use, and he was he was very much an advocate for fucking doing something about it. Yeah. and um, and it's you know it's a sad it's a sad thing to see someone like him. Uh, vacate this world, especially through fucking accidental fentanyl overdose. Yeah, when his whole mo was safe supply. We gotta, yeah, we gotta do something about this. You know, yeah. So it's uh, I mean, it really, it really puts a, I think it really puts like a, uh, as I could be totally wrong about this, but like Jerry. Jerry was at the end of the day, like an advocate and in the way that 
he was an advocate and like and a bit of a uh and a, a, a like a kind of like a tra- like a trail a martyr a, tra- a trailblazer and, yeah. ulti- and ultimately now a martyr and and <clears throat> and i think that i think that i hope this isn't controversial controversial to say but that he would be in some ways like happy that his life put an exclamation point on the importance of what he was trying to do because mm-hmm. he was trying to create a safe supply. And mm-hmm. ultimately like even the guy that was trying to create a safe supply probably didn't get a safe mm-hmm. supply. Well, I and mean, like let's hope and that's an, and let's that's hope an, and that's, that an that's issue that that's the way that this pans out. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about it is like, you know, BC doing this pilot program. Okay. That's a, that's a, That sounds like a, for, for, for people that believe in, you know, that, that believe in, um, the war on drugs to be like complete fuck and utter bullshit and, and more does more harm than good for BC to go. All right, we're going to make these illicit drugs that have been illegal for fucking ever. We're going to make them legal to, to, to have on your person and to do. That's a good thing. Um, they're allowing people to just do these drugs, but the, the fucking, stupid part about that entire thing is that where the drugs they're not from. they're not so so they're allowing you to do it but they're not providing you with the with a a clean safe supply of those drugs that's that's i mean by by legalizing them or decriminalizing them you're not going to prevent deaths the, the the death prevention comes from from the safe supply yeah and so and the black market, and that's what Jerry was trying to, to do. The black yeah. market isn't going to dry up because of, uh, Fuck no. or or be de incentivized to yeah. cut it in certain ways and introduce fentanyl yeah. and shit like that into into the supply. Yeah. So uh, some, some bummer news on Feel Good Friday, um, but uh, but Jerry, we uh, we salute you. R.I.P. Dude, you were a you you're a wild card. Jerry was man, and like I remember, we, like if you've never listened to the episode, I, I implore you to go back and listen to it. It's it's great. Jerry is Jerry was a an amazing character, and um, he uh, he hooked us up after with some like some LSD, LSD um, microdose kits, and um, I macrodosed it. I'm gonna be honest. Well, I also uh, Jerry became my LSD, LSD supply guy for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was great, you know. So, Jerry, you, you've uh, you've you played a part in uh, in shaping my mind and uh, and some of the most cherished memories I'll ever have are uh, are linked to the, the drugs you sold LSD. me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so this one this one goes out to Jerry. Um, now let's move on and uh, mix it up and talk about <laughs> semen. Uh, semen is is another kind of milk. Now, COVID nineteen <laughs> apparently. So here's the interesting thing about COVID. 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 Um, Wait, what was that from? I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, semen is <laughs> is another kind of milk, which is not wrong. Milk. Um, so we know that COVID. Um, I mean, for years to come, we're gonna be we're gonna be still learning about the ways in which COVID has kind of taken a toll on for the populace to come. for years and years to come. I hear you. <laughs> for years to come. I'm going to come. 
So, <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, long COVID, uh, like I feel like every fucking week I'm seeing a new article on, on, on how we're learning more about long COVID. Um, and the thing is like, like viral vi- viruses are, are very fascinating in the sense that there's all these like post viral effects, you know, which you don't really get with like mm. bacterial infections, things like that. At least I don't think maybe you do. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think know. it's pretty like specific to viral infections. Anyway. We've heard some like crazy stuff in the in the world of how COVID's kind of affected people outside of just like a respiratory illness or something. Well, there's a new study, um, new research that reveals that um, men suffer a long term drop in semen quality after COVID nineteen, even if the fe- infection was mild. So scientists have uh, found that more than three months after suffering from mild COVID nineteen infection. Men have lower sperm concentrations and fewer sperm that are able to swim. Professor Royco Nunez Calon said that after an average of 100 days following infection, there appeared to be no improvement in sperm quality and concentration, even though new sperm would have been produced in that time. Um, so what you're saying is now that we live with COVID, so COVID together with forever plastics are going to leave us with a sterile planet earth. I mean, dude, it's feel good Friday. It's also, I didn't want to go down that road. It's also children of men. Yeah. 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 It's uh, I mean, you know, did you get COVID prior to going through IVF? Uh, No. No, I got COVID in Zay was born in March 2022. I got COVID. For the so first COVID time isn't why your sperm's all weird in October 2022. Uh, nope. Why is your sperm so weird? I don't know. Have we ever talked about your weird sperm. Uh, I don't know. Have we? I have a. I have a. They, all the sperm you have, their faces are all mushed in, right? Uh, hammerhead yes. sperm. I think something yes, like or that. Like a like a like a percentage of them. It's like a. Uh, so it's actually kind of crazy. Like, Explains so like, much. So your 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 sperm count is like there's there's three measures that you're looking for in sperm quality. You're looking for the overall number, which is important just from like a numbers perspective. Um, you are looking for the uh, morphology of them, which is their shape, and the motility of them, which is how they move. So you, I think it's something like. Um, the numbers are like, you want, you want like 15 million plus per milliliter of, of semen, 15 million per milliliter. And I think like, that's the low, that's the low range. I think like the high end of the range is like 50 million or something like that. I was looking at this the other day. How many drops are in a milliliter? I think it's like, is it like drops? I mean, I guess it depends on how big the drop is. Well, I I think there's like a standard, I think there's like standard, like, Oh. Yeah, drops are like oh, I don't know, quite a few. Well, let's see. I, do you think it's more than twenty drops in a milliliter? Yeah, I think point three milliliters is six no drops. Idea. I have no idea. Not sure. Let's see, twenty. Fucking know it. And then, Fuck yeah, and dude. then with you know my, how I know that because I've been taking the, some of that weed oil. You ever heard of this weed oil? I have heard of the weed oil. Yeah. Yep. I go by drops. Right. Uh, so I, I've been going by drops as well. So, so twenty drops of weed oil in my mouth. If that was jism, you'd want it. To that be would 15 be fifteen million, million at the low end. 
that's semen. what that's what you that's what's good. Mm. Anything lower than that is like is is mm. is like low low. Mm. And I think uh, at the higher semen is that's right is another, another kind, kind of, of milk. milk. And at the high end, it's like fifty million. And then you look at uh, motility, which is a which is a a percentage of how many of them are like are moving adequately, like dancing, which is uh, which I think is. Again, I could be fucking wrong here. I could be messing up my numbers, but I think it's like, I think you're wanting like 20% of them. Like, I think, I think, I think anything above 20% is pretty good. Could be mixing that. It could be 80 or 20. <laughs> That's a big difference. Which is the opposites of them. But I think it's 20. I think it's like quite a low percentage. Sperm motility of more than 40% is considered normal. And the higher the percentage, more the more sperm 40%. there are that can swim or meet the, uh, to meet the egg. Low sperm mort- uh, motility is when 40% or fewer sperm can swim forward to meet the egg. This does not mean conception is impossible, but it may, look, it may be harder. Okay, and then there's morphology. And the morphology is like, the morphology is crazy. I think it's like, I think it's like if you have... Is that their shape? Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like if you have a, if you have... If you have like four, it's like you're looking for like four percent of them to be like correctly shaped. What are it's the like, different it's shapes? Like, it's, of- like, it's like a crazy low. It's like a crazy low percentage because like you're kind of like whittling down because you've got this overall number, and then of the overall number that you have, you have like an, the the overall number of the ones that are moving well, and of the overall number that oh. are actually moving well, they can get there. You're looking at a certain percentage that are shaped the right way to penetrate an egg. Look at all these weird sperm. Yeah. The morphology of sperm. There's a whole bunch of different ones in there. Yeah. Wow, look at that. And wow, so look you, at that two-headed sperm. And so, Do you um, think that's how twins are born? Uh, that is not how twins are born. Wow, look at that sperm with two tails. Do you think that's how <laughs> Tail twins kids are with born? two dicks are born? <laughs> Do you ever see that? Do you ever see the guy with two dicks? I have not. Or the people with two dicks? Nope. When I was, when I was really young, I was like... I don't know. It would have been. Is great. it a singular person? It's got to be more than one. Like, there's more than one person out there with two dicks. Got to be. But I remember when I was a kid, one. my like, my like girlfriend in grade six had a girlfriend. I mean, I did. I, yeah, that's why I did. The, that's why I did the fucking Easter bunny eggs or whatever. The what do you Easter call bunny eggs? rabbit ears? I don't know. Quotations. I did. That's why I did the weird sperm thing. <laughs> that's uh, why I did the double headed sperm. My thing grade six girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, the fr- the uh, my my first French. What's up? Nice. I hope I uh, hope you're not in a current relationship and your partner's listening and he's getting jealous right now. But if he is, because we Frenched, we <laughs> Frenched, Frenched, <laughs> we Frenched in front of a bunch of ki- other kids going French, French, French. Oh, dude, yes, yeah. Um, so her sister, she had an old, uh, uh, a very, uh, a very attractive older sister. Um, and her older sister, I might bleep out her name just because I, I was taking note here. Too. Uh, so her older sister uh, had like a Playgirl magazine when we were, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and she showed me a picture in it, and it was um, it was a dude that had two ding dongs. They, they and they were like there was like a two it was a were not they, a two headed dick but like a two, two dicks like two shafts two two, sh- two shafts two heads two pistols <laughs> and I wonder like 
did it. Do they both get like? Do they both get hurt? Let's let's look at it. Let's see if we can find that playgirl. Playgirl, two, dicks. Nineteen ninety. Playgirl fondles two cocks. No, these are different. This is uh, a <laughs> <laughs> no, lovely yeah, young yeah. playgirl in white lingerie delights with two dicks. No, no. Uh, no this gonna, isn't. You're gonna get a lot of threesome. I think there's gonna be a lot of threesome stuff. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of threesome stuff with that. Oh, well, look at that. Um, that search. Google. Oh, safe search. I don't want safe search. Let's turn that off. Oh, that's interesting. You can have blur on on safe search on Google now. Huh. Great. So that's off. And uh, no, it's just. A, oh, whoa. There we oh, go. I got, got it. it. I got it. I got it. I mean, this is this real? I, I can't tell if this is real or. Holy shit. Oh, my God, dude. That's this has got to be. Oh, wow. Whoa. There's so look at many. That. Oh, my God. Look at that guy. They're both. Uh, no, erect. that's not real. I think that might be real. Huh? That's a lot. There's a lot of dicks here. Um, some of those, you're, some of those, it's not really fair. You know, like fair for you? Yeah, because it's like you. This one's like, weird. It's what, like not one, only do you. It have, looks like the guy's got one circumcised and one un. I yeah. guess if you wanted like the best of both both worlds, right? Yeah, like depending, like you could switch it up depending on how you feel, or depending on what they want, right? You know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, how did we get here? <laughs> oh right. COVID makes your sperm all fucking weird. So let's go back to that. So, so there have been pretty previous studies that show that semen quality is affected in short term uh, following a, a COVID infection. But according to Nunez Calon, as far as we are aware, none of that, none uh, that have followed men for a longer period of time. So we don't have any studies that show the long end. And uh, they said, we assumed that semen quality would improve once the new sperm were being generated. But this wasn't the case. Um, we do not know how long it might take for semen quality to be restored. And it may be the case that COVID has caused permanent damage, even in men who suffered only from a mild infection. Nunez Calon and her colleagues have observed that in some men attending clinics in Spain for assisted reproduction treatment, semen quality was worse after COVID-19 infection than before the infection, even though they had recovered and the infection was mild. They decided to investigate if COVID-19 had influenced the decline in quality. Nunez Colon, scientific advisor at UR International Group at the Scientific Reproduction Unit in Spain, said, since it takes approximately 78 days to create new sperm, didn't know that, that's interesting, it seemed yeah. appropriate to evaluate semen quality at least three months after recovery from COVID. So between February of 2020 and October 2022, the research team recruited 45 men attending six reproductive clinics in Spain for the study. And you know, those Spanish men mm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. all had confirmed diagnosis of mild COVID-19 and the oh. clinics had data from the analysis tapas. of semen samples taken before the men were infected. Did you say tapas? Yeah. It's because of the top. It's a, cause of it, the, 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 they're so virile because of the tapas. Small plates. We, I mean, is that the trick? Is just like small plates of like sardines and small shared and plates. like oily, oily peppers at ten and PM. tomato at ten p.m. Ooh, that's the trick. Uh, another semen sample was taken between seventeen and five hundred and sixteen days after infection. That's that's a big spread. The average age of the men were thirty-one, and the amount of time that elapsed between the pre and post-COVID samples were a median of about 238 days. 
The researchers analyzed all the samples taken up to 100 days after infection and analyzed a subset of samples taken more than 100 days later. And they found statistically significant difference in semen volume, down 20%. Sperm concentration, down 26.5%. Sperm count, down 37.5%. Total, uh, total motility being able to move and swim forwards down 9.1% and numbers of live sperm down 5%. Hmm. So on, on the whole, that's a lot of down. Yeah. It's a, yeah. A lot it, of numbers. It was a lot of down. Did, did they say, did they say that they're taking, but they're taking the measurement after they're taking, they're, t- they're, they're studying people that they know were sick. Yes. And down compared to what? Compared to the norm, compared to the average, like for the population that they would expect to find? That's a good question. Because if you're, because, I mean, I'm just, I'm just highlighting things like some things that are, that are like a a big thing in like any scientific study, causation, uh, correlation versus causation, you know, what's, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what is like, um, you know, it, 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 is is this is covid causing this and what are like what are what are the confounding what are the confounding yeah factors like who are the people what, what's their lifestyle like a thousand yeah. things I, i'm not saying that, that that that's like that invalidates the study at all i'm just so th- there was i it, later on in the article they did mention how like those things were not taken into consideration so really all this is baloney right right and so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have RFK Jr. on the show next week to talk about how much all this is bullshit. <laughs> so tune in. <laughs> Going down that RFK hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, interesting though, you know, like uh, like again, like I said, I, I mean, for me, I think the the one thing that I'm just I'm so curious about is you know, in 20 years when we look back at all the ways that COVID has had an effect on the world. It's going to be a laundry list. It's going to be so interesting. Yeah. You know? I mean, new disease. Yeah. You know, new disease. Yeah. And will we have all that figured out by the time the next one hits? Ooh. Probably not. Man. To be honest with you. I mean, they're supposed to come for uh, quick, like, they're, they're, they're supposed to come quick and thick and fast, right? Yeah. Like, now, uh, like, 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 like fashion trends in, in for mm. Gen Zers. Yeah, right. Wow, big pants, small pants. What do you think of my big pants? I got some big pants. You got big pants, and I've noticed them. Thanks. They're quite big. Thanks. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Speaking of big pants, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on pink? The color or the singer? The singer. Um, my thoughts on pink. Uh, I mean, fan when I was uh when I was like twelve. Were you actually you're a fan of pink? Well, I mean, like I was a fan. Like I, I probably like hummed the song because well, they were catchy. 
I don't know what Pink has to do with big pants, but... Pink is huge. Dude, she's a big deal. She's a huge deal. And have you seen this trend? This pink trend? There's people at pink shows throwing random weird shit up on the stage with her. I saw this. Oh, did you see I it? I saw something about this. Let's take a look Wait, at this. But I this can't is, remember what I saw. This now. is pink reacting to... Uh, so somebody threw up a giant... Like a... Dude, the thing was probably like 15 pounds. Giant wheel of brie. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And then I saw that Here, they... Here's, here's underneath another one. They threw here's something else one. that was unacceptable. She picked up a bag that looks like a giant bag of cocaine. And she said, I don't know how I feel about this. And then continued singing. She actually said before I, I, before she said, I don't know how I feel about this. She said, is this your mom? I don't know how I feel about this. And so someone I've always threw their mom's ashes up on the stage. In a bag. <laughs> in a fucking that was Ziploc bag. bag. Have you ever... Have you, I always... Pink has always been very intimidating to me. Very intimidating? Yeah. It's probably the uh, short, the, the way she rocks that short like hair. She looks, she's got that, she always look kind of, got that like, like that to me, that f- sort of faux punk look. Yeah. Like she would like, I always kind of felt like, like pink would fuck me up. Kind of like, like when we hung out with Biff Naked, I was like, this woman could fuck me up. Biff Naked's punk rock. And, and Biff is. A petite person. small. And she's she's a very petite lady. She's a petite, she's a petite small. She's a little bean. And I was hanging out with her and I was going, man, you'd fucking tear me to pieces. Biff. What a sweet woman. Um, yeah, so someone threw their mom at Pink. Uh, Pink was shocked after a fan tossed a bag of their mother's ashes on stage during her headlining set at a music festival in London, which is where Brian is right now. Maybe Brian was there. Um, she said, is this your mom? Pink's 43. Wow. Um, she said that she picked up the cremated remains. I don't know why I said wow, as if that's old. Like, I mean, it just makes you feel old, right? years older than me. Um, so, yeah, she, uh, so my, my question is like, was the mom a fan? Must have been. Or was the daughter such a fan that she just was like, that's or, pre- I mean, I say daughter. It could have been a son. That's a pretty big liberty to take, you know? It is. To be like, I'm such a fan that but this is what I'm going to do with right. mom. Do you think that the... So, let's say the mom was a giant fan. I, I want I, mom I, to be with I, Pink. I feel, like it's, I, feel like prob- I feel like it's very likely that the mom was a big Pink fan. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on whether or not the mom would have had the foresight on her deathbed to tell her kin... When I'm dead, I want to be cremated, and I want you to throw my ashes at pink at some point at a show. I mean, it depends on how, how big of a fan they were. Have you ever seen those videos? And I don't I, even think I, I, I... I know you have. The videos, you know, where, the videos where, 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 uh, where like a daughter says to their mom, like, so-and-so died. Yeah. And they're like, stop. Yeah. No. No, I love those videos. And they're like, it's just a complete lie, and it's yeah. just like a compilation of them fibbing, fibbing their parents, just yeah. to, just a just to videotape the vid- videotape to record the reaction that they have to so- a celebrity dying. I fucking love those videos. So like, it, you know, if Pink is to the mother, um, yeah, you know the the same as like Celine Dion is to one of those people in those videos, then uh, yeah, it's probably in their will. Do you, take me man, to a pink. Take me yeah. to a pink show. Do you really think someone has the Cost foresight to think about that? Like I, I would. 
you know. Got Jer, just step back for a sec. We have talked about people that have been put into dildos. Right. So, yeah. But again, were those people saying, put, put, me, in a dildo? put me in a dildo? Oh, actually, wait. There was that boy that, that sent a butt plug to his ex and was like, put my ashes yeah. in here. Yeah. He's an ex. Well, you know, his current partner might not have been a fan of butt play. So he was just he was just he was just going back to the the previous butt I play. I believe in that inter- in the interview with that lady, she said he really loved it in there. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. So he just, It was his favorite place. It was his favorite place. And um I'm gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my fuck. god. Um well let's uh let's move on to something that's um super gross. Um a couple in France, developed a rare disease after beetles eating their furniture got mites. Okay? You following me? So, so the beetles eat the furniture? There's beetles eating furniture. Those beetles got some mites. And then the mites? And then the mites got the people. Yep. So a couple in France developed a rare, quote, almost forgotten disease after the beetles munching on their furniture developed their own infestation of toxin-toting mites, according to a case report published in the New England Journal of Medicine by doctors in Marseille. The man and woman, both 30, turned up at an infectious disease clinic three days after developing, developing an intensely itchy rash all over their abdomens. The cause may have easily gone under uh, undetermined if it weren't for a telltale pattern in the woman's rash. The itchy pink marks on her trunk had central dots with pink trails reminiscent of a comet. Comet-shaped rashes are a hallmark of the toxin-laden bites from the mite Pamotes ventricosis also known as the European straw itch mite. Mm. Mm. In fact, it's called the comet sign. And here's a, here's a photo for you to see it. Um, Whoa. Man, I got to tell narrow, you, narrow, I got to tell you, there is, um, have you ever had bed, 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 bed bugs? Uh, bed bugs, bed bugs. I'll give you bed bugs, <laughs> bed bugs. With the is this bed what you mean? And got bed bugs. Yeah. Let's go. Don't you want some bed bugs? I don't. What don't you want bed bugs? No. Bed bugs. Be a logica. I'll give you bed bugs. It doesn't stop. <laughs> wow. That is, a, that is a long soundbite about bed bugs. What? <laughs> bed bugs. <laughs> oh my God. No, I have never had bed bugs and um and I'm really glad that I didn't because is it true that like if you have bed bugs, you got to just burn everything? Um, like you got to throw all your clothes in the fucking furnace. You got to throw the mattress. You got to burn the mattress out on the street. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it happens in your house, I don't think you that's gotta, what they do at Wilfrid Laurier. I don't think you you gotta, know? Yeah, that's right. I don't they think just burn mattresses just in the street you know, every just year. Do that for fun, but I don't think you have to burn every September everything. I think you're. I think you're supposed to get rid of the mattress. But like, um, Dude, I think you got to burn all your clothes in like a ceremonial. <laughs> I, uh, I I have bed bugs. I have bed bugs in um I got bed I got uh, bed bug bites in so Kyle and I went this to explains everything. Kyle and I went to Thailand uh in 2013 and 
we, Kyle and I, especially at that point, were like, you know, we were pretty big fans of staying, like, staying at, sh- like, cheap spots. And, like, we didn't have, you know, any money to, you know, we were spending, like, 10 to $20 a night on a place. And, um, and surprisingly, for that price point in Thailand, if you're looking at, if place, if depending on the reviews, you can find good places. We decided to stay at this place that unbeknownst to us was a doggy daycare was on top of a club. Oh yeah. Like on top of it. Yeah. Like on the second floor. Yeah. And, and we were on this Island called Copenhagen, which is where like the famous full moon party happens um, every month. And we were like, and we got there and we were like, oh, cool. We're on top of this club. Okay. Well, you know, we can, no, uh, okay. Like we're not going to, we're going to be up all night. We're going to be out partying and blah, blah, blah. So it's whatever. Um, this place was so nasty and on top of the fact that we were on top of a club that didn't shut down until like five in the morning. So it was like, like you were, it was like pitching a tent on the dance floor of a club, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. The place also gave us bed bug bites overnight. And then we woke up the next morning and we were like, well, we got to get the fuck out of here. But um, we didn't burn all any of our shit. We didn't get any more bites. Well, I just uh, Googled it and it said, um, if you have bed bug, if you have a bed bug infestation, uh, don't think you need to go out and buy a new mattress or burn all your clothes oh, and couches, etc. Or burn your whole house down. You just need to fucking put bed your shit in there. die in heat. So washing all your clothes yeah. in hot water and then burning them <laughs> will kill any bed bug. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, drying them on the highest setting for 30 minutes will kill, will kill them. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Now, how did you guys handle that in, in Thailand in the moment? Well, I think, it guys, was, I think it was kind of like one of those, um, we can't really do anything except for move, move right. like where we're staying. So, so basically, you guys were like that guy that brought Ebola back to America. That's right. You just brought a, a new breed of bed bug. I'm also pretty sure we didn't like walk, go wash our clothes either. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had arrived in this place and slept there for one night. It's not like we unpacked our bags or anything. So I think our default... Assumption was like they were on us. anything that was in our bags is fine. Right. Like it's like what we were wearing when we went to bed. Wow. Explain yeah, it was nasty. It was really nasty. That's so crazy. So the um so this uh this what, rash. What, is, what does this explain? Huh? Oh no. <laughs> what? Nothing. Um so yeah, the comet sign, it's not present in every case. Um, for example, the man that in the couple, he didn't he didn't have the comet sign. Um, but when it appears it's a good bet that the skin condition is from Pemotis. Der- oh, it's no, it's actually called the condition is called Pemotis dermatitis. P ventricosis is an ectoparasites of the common furniture beetle. Abonium punctum. Can we stop naming shit like this? No, it's got to be Latin. Fuck, a wood burning, a wood boring beetle that devours wood based furniture and structures. What a life! Um, <laughs> so that, the the, the is your primary function, the, yeah. The p ventricosis basically infects these wood boring beetles, and the mites have a really disturbing life cycle on uh, on, on their chosen hosts. When the when female bites the beetle larva, it injects a toxin to paralyze its prey then sucks up its meal, engorging itself. The feeding allows the female to nourish up to 300 eggs in her abdomen, which f- 
fully develop. A few days after the feeding, the female gives birth to adult mites that immediately mate and disperse to find new hosts starting the process again. <laughs> oh my God, it's so horrific. It's fucking nasty. The males are not visible to the unaided eye and the females can only barely be seen if they're engorged. Engorged is a horrific word. Um, I feel like this is the type of content. Those double peepees were engorged. One of those photos that we looked at Very earlier. Very engorged. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is the type of content that like people of a certain disposition really don't enjoy. You know? Yeah, it's like if you don't like pimple popping. You're not gonna like engorged mites. Well, no, no. Like, I mean, if you don't like pimple popping and then someone just like shows you a pimple popper video, it's like it ruins your day. It's really off putting. Yeah. I don't find this stuff weird. No? No, I don't no, not really. I don't find it super weird. It's it doesn't really, make me feel But it is like when you start talking about the way like they're the they're way like, that they fucking are incubate like yeah. when you use words like incubate and um host yeah uh and mate quickly immediately yeah. mate yeah 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 those that what are they like, immediately mate are they fucking each other or do they fuck the do they mate the with no they don't mate with the mom yeah they're having sex with each other all, all males it's all, it's all, all it's all males oh fuck never mind i don't know maybe so, it is the right mom, then. It, but maybe the males do mate mate with each other i mean there's you know there's the whole like Dude. Not What's that fish? Things. What's that fucking weird ass fish? The that has like the big, the big like I mean the, the fucking the the people that went down to go see the Titanic probably saw one right before they imploded. But the the fucking um, those poor people have that like a, antenna with the light on it, it, and they're really scary looking. Oh yeah, fuck is that? I know what you mean. They look like they're an alien. They look like an alien. Yeah, that fish. So those are the is. females. Those are the, all the ones you've seen. Those are the females. The males are like thirty times, or something like that. I mean, it is. It's a staggering number. Like thirty times smaller than the females. And what the males do is they, they latch swim right into the vagina. <laughs> way crazier. They swim up onto the back, and they bite and latch into the back of the female. And then that bite is they they will they cannot release that bite, and then they morph into the back of the fucking female. So their body, they, they, they no longer have a head and their body, their like <laughs> neck morphs into it. Their body's dangling out and they, they connect to like the fucking circulatory system of this female. So now it's just one organism that has like two bodies. And that's how they, that's how they fuck and mate. What's that fish called, man? Dude, Scary fish with light bulb. Dude, the world is honestly way too much. Uh, anglerfish. Yeah, anglerfish. Um, anglerfish mating. Anglerfish mating is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> and here's how it works. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm not. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is how it works. Um, oh uh, let's see. Uh yeah, it's like parasitic love is like what ugh. when when uh, serotoid males go looking for love, they follow a species specific pheromone to a female who will often aid their search by further uh, further by flashing their bioluminescence. Lure. So the, so the female, the, the big scary fucker like is swimming around and they're just going, they're just like, like pushing out pheromones and blinking this light. And so, so once the male finds a, su a, a suitable mate, he bites onto, oh, I'm sorry, onto her belly, not, not the back, and latches 
on until his body fuses with hers. Their skin joins together, and so do their blood vessels, which allows the male to take all the nutrients he needs from his host slash mate's blood. The two fish essentially become one. With his body attached to hers like this, the male doesn't have have to trouble himself with things like seeing or swimming or eating like a normal fish. The body parts he doesn't need anymore, uh, eyes, fins, and some internal organs, atrophy, degenerate, and wither away until he's little more than a lump of flesh hanging from the female, taking food from her, and providing sperm whenever she's ready to spawn. Sounds like a, like a, like a stay-at-home dad. In the, in the, in the most <laughs> literal sense. Wow. Was that a horrible joke? I mean, it was... I feel, I feel like I saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, isn't that, isn't that fucking, isn't that fucking shocking? Hot? Isn't that hot? Shocking is Holy what it was. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. That was. <laughs> um, so wait, how do we get here? <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. So, so those mites, they get itchy and, uh, and mites in the family of the, uh, can parasitize a variety of insects that can be found in seeds, grain, straw, uh, as well as wood. But such reports of Pemotes dermatitis have popped up sporadically for well over a century. How the fuck do you pronounce this? Piemot. Piemotis? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to go with Piemotis, ventricosis was first described in 1850, which is fucking crazy that they were even like, that's so long ago. Uh, Though the first uh, reported outbreak was only reported in 1909 among a crew of private yacht, uh, on a private yacht who slept in infested straw mattresses. Since then, there has been just around 20 outbreaks, um, as well as about 40 individual reports. And after an outbreak in 2006 that affected 42 people, Many staying in summer vacation homes in southeastern France. It seems like France has got a lot of this. Pimotes ventricosis. Or maybe it's because of the beetle. Maybe the beetle is like right. a native to France. French investigators uh, at, during the 2006 infestation had uh, such a hard time figuring out the cause of the skin afflictions that one of the investigators took a rather drastic action. He volunteered to place P. ventricosis infested wood dust on a bandage, tape it to his abdomen for four hours. He also had two controls, a plain bandage and a bandage uh, non-infested with non-infested wood dust. Unsurprisingly, 24 hours later, the investigator developed an intense bite where the mite-infested wood dust was bandaged and died. No. No. Um, no. But solve the mystery <laughs> that it was... Good for him. Whatever those fucking bugs are, those mites. So, so I, I guess the reason why... Why did I bring this up? Well... If you have a rash that looks like a little comet trail, then you got a mite problem. Dude, you know what happens when you have You a- might have a mite problem. Oh, wow, dude, that was amazing. <laughs> Good for you. That was top-notch comedy. Um, you know when you have a kid, when you have a when you have um when you have a baby, you really get used to a lot of little skin things that yeah. you that 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 you just don't have an answer for, and they just come and they go, and you use a little on cre- them, not you, you on them, and you use a little creams, and you're yeah. not really sure if the cream's gonna work, and you ask your doctor, and they're like, I don't know if this yeah. will work, maybe yeah. it will. Try the yeah. try that cream. That's basically what they say. Try that cream, and um, it is um, 
Yeah, every I feel like every few days you're like, huh, wonder what that is on their skin. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so never, yeah, uh, maybe mice. I mean, no fucking wonder, dude. Like, they're just crawling on the floor. They're just crawling I'd on the floor. I'd probably have a ton of rashes and if, I just, just if I was just crawling and on the floor. And sitting in their pee. Yeah. And then pooping and sitting in their poop. I mean, obviously, you try to minimize the amount of time that they're sitting in the pee and poop. Um, but not always the most obvious. Mm. Yeah. I mean, God, thank God we're not shitting and pissing ourselves, right? I mean, speak for myself. Yeah. Whatever you want to say. Yeah. Might want to do that. I shit my pants the other day. Dude, you have I such I, an impressive, <laughs> like that. I shit like, my pants that, very like, regularly. That, like, you should have a, you should have one of those clocks in your, um, yeah. in your, in your house. That's like days since last shit pant, my pants, you know? Yeah. That's just like. Yeah, we How should. We could. Get, we could get one here for the uh, for the office. We should get one. Actually, we should put it. We put it on set right behind. We us. should to keep track of it because, like, how often are you shitting your pants? I mean, I know you're not like. I know I'm not. I'm not. Full, I'm not. I know you're not like, blowing it out. Yeah, I'm not having like a full on diarrhea shit fest in my pants. But, but you're I'm, having little accidents. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, enough to be like, well, got to go home. How often? This year. 2023, so six, 2023, six, so six months, seven, six like three, months. three times this year. Damn. Once every <laughs> two months. Yeah, dude, it would be interesting to have that clock on the set because it would change enough. If people watch on YouTube enough, they would go, mm. Joe shit his pants. That's a zero now. <laughs> yeah, Joe said 130 the Joe other day. Joe shit his pants yesterday. Yeah. And we, yeah, we just don't ever mention it. <laughs> hey, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about what it would be like to be allergic to cum. Okay, so minutes after coming into contact with a partner's cum, also known as ejaculate. What's funny is that because also known as splooge, (laughs) because obviously that sounded like really fucking nasty, wet, gross fapping. I titled that uh, (laughs) wet sploosh. It also it also because we were just talking about fish. It sounded like a A fish on the dot. I mean, that that is what it is. It's it's just the sound of a fish. On a dock. It's just the sound of a fish on a dock. On a, wet, on on a, a wet dock. On a wet dock. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. I hear you. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. You didn't. Re- you didn't record that yourself no. at your home. Not. I no. That's not a home recording. No, no. That was a, that was recording at the lake. Mm-hmm. So minutes after coming into contact with a partner's cum. Does it say cum? It does. This is vice. Oh, okay. Some people feel a burning, itching sensation and notice redness and swelling wherever it lands. Have you ever been come on? <laughs> have I ever been come on? <laughs> I know the answer to that. Of course you have. Many fear <laughs> their reaction is the first sign of some nebulous infection. These are among the best known signs of STIs after all. But these, um, which uh, that doesn't actually make much sense to me, I, but whatever. Um, Burning sensation in your pee pee, I, I guess, mm-hmm. is. But like, when has everyone, when has anyone had come on them burning their skin going, oh no, that must be an STI. Like, I don't think, I don't think STIs make your cum corrosive. That's the way I read no. that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, anyway. I wouldn't have that. That wouldn't be my first You know thought. why? You know why? It's because Vice now just writes their articles on, through ChatGPT because they're, they went bankrupt. So it's just, <laughs> ChatGPT was like, yeah. Someone bought them out of bankruptcy. Oh, did they? For 250 million or 350 yeah, million? Yeah, open AI, right? Um, 
<laughs> so, but these may actually be symptoms of a condition called seminal plasma hypersensitivity, colloquially known as a cum allergy. <laughs> yes. So colloquial. Recent analyses suggest that at least, dude, this is, this is um, surprising. 40,000 women in the U.S. experienced seminal plasma hypersensitivity. But since doctors first identified the issue 60 years ago, it's they've only... be a higher number than that. So yeah. Probably. I mean, again... Underreported. Way underreported, probably, because A, people don't even, like... Wouldn't even there, think there's some people ask. that I mean, there's some people that probably go, yeah, it comes hot, like hot. <laughs> yeah. This comes is spicy. Just, this is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone knows comes spicy. <laughs> God, you guys know what I'm talking about, that rash you get? <laughs> Fucking, what's his name? Uh, off that talk show with the hot spices you know he's got the spiciest come guy fieri no uh hot ones sean evans sean evans um so yeah forty thousand women in the u.s um they identified it 60 years ago but they've only published a handful of detailed and more mostly extreme case studies um there are no confirmed cases of men who are allergic to come though a few researchers believe that guys can develop allergies to their own semen and exhibit completely different symptoms wow like um that would suck like really itchy balls yeah like I, well uh yeah I, my guess would be more so like if you it's got to be on the you surface. know like when you get like come on your be- like in your belly button <sighs> and you feel real sad <laughs> the sadness has nothing to do with the allergy but when you get a you get a little comet rash in your belly button and then you're double doubly sad maybe the sadness is a reaction no, I think the sadness is a, is the reaction of 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 like you you just googled like two dicks and you went down you a came, rabbit hole and, and then and you came and you're like god damn it I can't even like I bookmarked that. <laughs> um, so so no one's sure which of the dozens of elements that make up semen are to blame, though this hypersensitivity definitely isn't triggered by sperm. So the swimmers actually have nothing to do with okay. it. Uh, nor do we know why some people are consistently sensitive, while others, uh, others people's symptoms fluctuate over time, or even from partner to partner. Interesting. Well, Very, maybe it's... Right? Maybe, is it diet-related? Well, experts speculate that these vari- variations could be the result of like hormonal shifts or the effects of varied diets and lifestyles on semen, but they don't have enough evidence to be sure. Um, what we do know is that semen allergies can have huge effects on people's sex lives. People often report changing their habits to avoid direct exposure to irritating semen, even pre-cum. Uh, they use condoms when they'd prefer not to, and facials or oral sex are like completely off the table. That'd be a good excuse, eh? If you're like, if you if you hate blowing, if you hate blowing a dick and going, ah, no, I'm, I'm allergic. I got a mouth allergy. To right. come. Um, now, the condition itself doesn't interfere with, fert- uh, interfere with fertility, as far as we know. Uh, some efforts to avoid its effects can make getting pregnant pretty tricky, though. Uh, some folks' symptoms are so severe, they get body-wide hives, uh, dizziness, gastric distress, i.e. tootin, maybe, or even... Anaphylaxis. Man, Dude. that would suck. That would suck. Um, so these are so severe that they can create anxieties that lead them to avoid or be much less excited about sex. No doubt. 
Um, the, the few doctors who specialize in this condition treat it through established allergy mitigation practices. But embarrassment stops many people from seeking treatment because specialists are few and far between. Those who do look for help are often dismissed or misdiagnosed. And even those who reach an expert find that certain treatments don't work for them. Uh, the lack of access to care, stigma around, and difficulty of treating semen allergies means that seminal plasma hypersensitivity is often a long, a lifelong condition that people have to endure without meaningful guidance. Now, to the point about, like, so, you, like, you had said that there's probably, like, way more people that have it. I was talking to someone the other day. I was on a booze cruise. Cool. And I was talking to this, uh, this gentleman about, um, about penises where their foreskin can't retract. We were talking about phimosis. Familiar with phimosis. And uh, the guy that I was talking to has uh, had, uh, he's had a number of male sexual partners in the past who had phimosis, but they didn't even know that they had phimosis. And I mean, we knew, know this. But he knew they had phimosis? Oh, he knew. He, yeah, he was like, your fucking foreskin doesn't retract, buddy. And it stinks. <laughs> and the reason it stinks is because you can't, you can't fucking pull your foreskin back and you got all that dick cheese under there. Oh, dude, I honestly... That's a real thing. It really, that really, <laughs> that really shot into my brain, <laughs> is what that did. Because uh, I hadn't... Semen is, <laughs> is another kind of milk. Now, I really hadn't <laughs> thought about that, and now it is becoming so obvious yeah. to me that I, I can't believe I missed yeah. that. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big problem with phimosis. Not only is it ouchy, you can't pull your foreskin yeah. back, but you can't clean your dick. Right? Oh man, so, that is a urgent problem. So anyway, my, my point to all that is that, and we've heard about this, like we've had a number of people reach out to us after we did the Famosis episode that said, oh, I didn't know. I like, I listened, realized that was me. I didn't realize now I got, I got circumcised or I had a, you know, a dorsal slit or whatever. So if there's that many people out there, people with penises who have a very like, I mean, now that I've had it and had a circumcision when I was a, when I was a fucking kid, to me, it's very obvious. That's a very obvious fucking problem. You can't get your foreskin over the head of your penis. But because we are such a like, like, you know, we're a bunch of fucking never nudes that don't talk about sex or don't talk about our genitalia. Just wearing cut off jean shorts all the time. In, at the, in the change room all the time. So it's like, you don't like, we don't see, we don't look at the human body. We don't see dicks. We don't talk about dicks. And so, of course, we don't, we don't know that phimosis is a problem when, like, it very much is. Well, because of the way we, we react to sex and the way that we look, view sex, there's probably so many people out there that have some sort of, like, sensitivity to, to seminal fluid, and they don't even fucking know because they just go, oh, this, right. is, the, this, is, this is sex. This is what it feels. It just... It does it mm. just feels this way. I hear you. you and know? I can tell and I, I hear you and I I I'm uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down and I I see that we need to create more public spaces for people to be coming on people in public. So that we can <laughs> so that we can see the coming so that we can see the coming on people in public so that when we see somebody go, ah burns, we can see that and go, that's not normal. You oh, need to fuck. get <laughs> you need to see somebody. And if and we that's could not pay you, that's quiet. And if we could just normalize coming on people in public, then yeah. we would know way more yeah. about uh cum sensitivities. Yeah. And then 
we would be able to inform people and everyone would feel more comfortable and informed about that's what right. they're going through. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, uh, with that, we're going to be holding, um, we're going to be holding Halifax's first public, um, coming come party. We're just, it's called the coming. <laughs> it's called becoming. <laughs> we're going to have a slip and slide. That's totally slippery and slidey because of all the cum. But you can't put water on it because then it gets really sticky. That's right. Just looking for a sound bite here I can play to roll us out of here. A lot, uh, a lot of cum talk today. Oh, oh, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! All right. Um, Thank so, you, Nick Cage. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for this week. Uh, uh, Brian will be back with us next week. He's in London. Um, uh, with his twin brother. And uh, so we missed him today, but uh, we'll see him next week. And if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can do that by going to uh, wherever you're watching this and and press the button that is like either the heart or the star or the thumbs up uh, so that it's rated. And if there's a place to leave a comment, write something cute. And uh, if you want to... Uh, leave more comments and 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 leave emojis and click hearts. Come on over to Discord. Um, our ever growing community of buddies are over there, and uh, there's lots of discussion about episodes. And people are helping us produce the podcast from there by giving us cool articles, like you know, articles on how cum is allergic is an allergen. Yeah, because like uh, that's because we have co- we have co-producers that's right yeah that's where the come talk comes straight from you yep that's it that's really all our discord is just come talk um so come talk on discord uh in the come talk section uh that uh and uh hey if someone wants to be on the show today what can they do they can go to sickboypodcast.com and fill out the guest form it's really obvious brian made a really nice button he's a really big fan of the button he likes talking about the button when he's here and he's not here so i'm talking about the button do that and a big shout out to uh, everybody that helps makes this podcast uh, possible. CBC, um, Jeff Lonis, our manager, big fan of that guy. Rich O'Coin, what a beaut. Um, and uh, and my mom. Thanks, mom. Yep. Thanks, mom. That is it for this week. I'm Taylor. And I am Jeremy. Brian is not here. And this is Sick Boy. And we're For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.